This interview series is brought to you by the IIEA as part of our Global Europe project. Uh, my name is Ross Fitzpatrick and I'm a researcher on the Global Europe project at the Institute of International and European Affairs. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ireland's two UN youth delegates, Tara Grace Connolly and Con McCarrick, who have kindly given up their time to tell us a bit more about their roles and the particular areas of foreign policy that they're interested in. This interview is part of the IIEA's Global Europe project, which aims to address, analyze and communicate the debate on the EU's role in the world and Ireland's role in the multilateral order, with a particular focus on Ireland's term as a non-permanent member of the UN Security Council for 2021-2022. So before we begin, um, let me briefly introduce Tara and Con. Um, so to start with Tara, Tara Grace is 23 years old and from Belfast. She first got involved in activism when she was 13 and has served as chairperson of both the Northern Ireland and Belfast Youth Forums. She founded her own youth-led anti-Brexit campaign organization and is currently working for BBC Northern Ireland, as well as serving as a UN Youth Delegate for Ireland. Con is 25 years old and is from Dublin. Uh, he's been involved in youth activism for the past 10 years. He has served as chairperson of the National Youth Parliament founded a non-governmental organization and is currently serving as a UN Youth Delegate for Ireland. He works with his colleague Tara Grace to represent the concerns of 1.3 million young people from all around Ireland. So if I can start with you, Tara Grace, um, in Colin's bio there, it said that you're representing the concerns of 1.3 million young people from all around Ireland, which is very impressive. Um, as one of Ireland's two youth delegates, what are your main responsibilities? Um, firstly, thanks for having us. And secondly, to answer your question, there's actually quite a lot of responsibilities in the role, and it's a it's a role that's somewhat undefined. You kind of have to be whatever the year needs you to be. Um, and for calling myself this year, one of the big responsibilities has been representing young people's voices and the isolation they feel for COVID nineteen. That's been a large part of our role this year. Um, typically, you just be engaging with DFA and the. Irish permanent mission in New York um, and working with the National Youth Council of Ireland to represent young people's voices on issues that matter to them um, at the UN. So typically that would be climate change, sustainable development, um, closing the digital divide has been a big thing this year. And it can go from anything to, to mental health to multilateralism. It could really be whatever the year needs you to be. COVID has kind of dominated um, a large part of our mandate this year. Um, and there's definitely been the, the overhanging issue that has defined how we approach the topics we normally talk about, so sustainable development. And COVID-19 has went hand in hand this year, closed the digital divide and COVID-19 have went hand in hand this year. But our role very much is the active that go-between for Irish young people and, and DFA, and to really make sure that uh, young people's voices in Ireland are adequately and accurately represented in New York. So that's kind of a, a whistle stop. <laughs> version of what we do so th that's really interesting Tara thanks so thanks so much for that answer um if I could turn to yourself Con and just just to pick up on what Tara was saying about the the, the pandemic um it's obviously been a very challenging time for for everyone and I think for young people in particular um how do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has affected your experience as a, as a youth delegate definitely yeah I have a couple of things to say about that I think um Obviously, the COVID pandemic has impacted us like significantly this year. It's been such a tough year for everyone, especially like the young people that we're representing at the UN. And like it's the biggest disruption to the education system, such an impact on health, you know, young people's economic well-being and stuff. So 
that's definitely shaped uh, our year and yeah, uh, we kind of came into it with certain ideas that we wanted to work on, but uh, COVID has totally kind of made us move in a different direction. So we're definitely like adapting to the situation around us. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's great. Like you can achieve so much from the comfort and safety of your own home. You can be speaking to the United Nations from your bedroom and, you know, speaking to different committees and stuff. So that's been cool. Uh, who knew we could get so much done there? But yeah, I think it's like, it's not an overestimation to say that we've spoken to thousands of young people this year. Like, Honestly, like we've been meeting young people wherever they're at, like schools, colleges, youth clubs, anything like we'll go to speak to them. And that's been really, really rewarding. And yeah, myself and Tara Grace definitely want to like be representing the concerns of young people adequately. And um, yeah, so like meeting young people where they're at is really important to us. And I think COVID has given us like a unique opportunity to do more of that. Um, obviously we want to like measure our own impact as well. Like there's so many issues we could be working on, but I think what myself and Tara Grace have really enjoyed is that we get to like participate in climate consultations, like, you know, like national action plans, those kind of um, discussions and stuff and leading like youth consultations on those has been really interesting. So yeah, it's been a really rewarding experience. Obviously, uh, you know, traditionally the role of youth delegate was like going to um, conferences in New York and, you know, attending photo ops of ministers and stuff. So we haven't been able to do any of that yet, but uh, I think we've like carved out a nice niche for ourselves and, Hopefully we're making a difference. So yeah. Thanks very much, Con. That's that's really interesting. And I have to say I feel for both of you not being able to to travel to New York and experience the the many different conferences and committee meetings that you normally would would have done. Um, but like you say, it's a kind of a, a brave new world. And I think you're you're both probably engaging with even more young people than you would have had the chance to, even if you were in, in New York. Um, so it is it, it is a really interesting time to, to be a youth delegate and to be the first youth delegates who are, you know, basically doing the entire job from, from wherever you are in the world. Um, so Tara, if I could, if I could go back to yourself, um, you've spoken already a little bit about the many different responsibilities um, you have at the UN. Um, but as you will both know, Ireland is a current member of the UN Security Council. Um, and obviously, this is this is important to young people as well. So Tara, what would you say Ireland is doing to ensure that young people's voices um, are heard, but also uh, taken seriously at the UN's top table? Um, I think the biggest indicator of that is the fact that Con Light role even exists. Um, the youth delegate program isn't a program that is mandatory for UN member states. Um, I think only 27 actually have the UN youth delegate program. I know there's other members of the Security Council, permanent members that don't have the youth delegate program. So the fact that we have one at all in Ireland kind of shows how much Ireland is centering the voices of young people at the highest levels of, of the UN. And the fact that they, even in a year of COVID, um, where it has been so up in the air and the programme has been different to how it usually is, the fact that it still exists this year and the fact that we're still being able to go into those rooms and even when everything's online, that we've still been able to present to committees, we've still been able to speak to other youth delegates and speak to um, ambassador for Nathan, um, Minister Coveney, that those opportunities have still been there um, has been amazing. And I think it really does show Ireland isn't just all talk, but it actually is in such a challenging time, continuing to centre young people's voices and, and to ask us our opinions um, on how Ireland is doing, basically, and what more we should be focusing on as a country. Um, I think as well, Ireland has always been a more progressive nation, <laughs> comparatively. Um, and you know, we have a good track record. I think even, you know, 
as far as Irish, the Irish government goes, I know Connell I's job is to be that go-between. I would say they're, they're more accessible than other countries' governments would be. Um, and the fact there's been other meetings we've been at, um, Connell I've been speaking to university groups and college groups, and there has been ministers at those events as well. And it's not necessarily Geraldine Bernason, or it's not Simon Coveney, but there's been other members of the government who've been going to, you know, UN or not, yeah, university society groups or, you know, youth groups or school groups where there is more conversation between young people. Um, and the government in Ireland, there would be comparatively in other countries. We're not saying it's where we wanted to be at. That's why we exist. <laughs> we are there to, to keep uh, pushing that and to open those doors of communication even more. But I do think Ireland, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. The fact that we're even here having this conversation is an indicator in itself how much um, Ireland prioritises young people's voices and how they really are trying to... I, I know our predecessors as well um, in the role from last year were, were actively part of Ireland's Union Security Council bid. They were a big part in that and we're, and we're trying to represent Ireland in the best light they could. So it's, it's quite intricately tied in. And I think, I think we're, we're doing a good job. We could do more, but we're doing a good job as we are. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. That's that's really interesting. Um, and like you say, I mean, it's 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 not mandatory for member states to of the UN to have a youth delegate program. So even the fact that it exists is is um, is a testament to Ireland's um, efforts to you know have young people affect policy. Um, Con, if I if I could turn to you and kind of building on on what what Tara was was talking about of, with regard to the Security Council. Um, how well do you feel that Irish foreign policy at the UN more generally uh, reflects young people's needs and priorities? Yeah, I'd, um, it's a great question. I'd say it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think like we're quite well regarded internationally for you know being progressive and including young people's voices and stuff. So that's definitely really welcome, and we should be very proud of that. And I think like you know Ireland's a serious player in that. Like I think you know our leadership on the sustainable development goals you know, our record in peace building and stuff is very well documented and we're highly regarded in the General Assembly and stuff. So that's really good. Um, and I really, I, I think like as a young person looking towards Security Council, it can feel quite um, far away and kind of abstract to young people. But um, I always really appreciate seeing that like Ambassador Bernason or ambassadors or, you know, spokespeople are bringing up like the links of, you know, how young people are affected by peace building efforts and like dem democratic, you know, like, Getting democratic societies and stuff, the impact on the YPS and women and peace and security agendas. I think that's really welcome. Um, but yeah, we could definitely do more. And that's what myself and Tara Grace are here to push for. Uh, uh, something that I came across this year, I think it's a cool word, is youth washing. So it's obviously similar to like pink washing or green washing from you know other social and political campaigns. And just I suppose we're aware of that, that some organizations can pretend to be more youth inclusive than they actually are. And we just have to make sure that these spaces are welcoming, youth inclusive, and you know are actually delivering um, tangible change for young people, not just like as a box ticking exercise. So, um, what we'd say there is that like the YPS agenda is really important. You know, these kind of initiatives should be co-implemented, co-designed, and co-owned by young people. And you know, young people should be able to see the solutions in real time and kind of see how their proposals came back and how they were or were not taken by our Irish foreign policy. For anyone so uh, I think that's really important and myself and Tara Grace are pushing for like a national action plan on YPS and stuff so we'd hope to see that um, coming to fruition soon and then finally just that we're um, 
we're president of the Security Council coming up in September. So I think that's really important for us. And myself and Tara Grace really want like youth issues to be at the top of that agenda. So um, we'll wait and see what Ireland's themes are for its presidency, but uh, we'll be pushing for young people's voices to be heard at that top table and yeah, reflected in our policy there as well. So, yeah. Brilliant. That's, that's really comprehensive. Um, thanks, Con. Um, one of the things you mentioned a few times there was the youth peace and security agenda um, and, and how important that is. Um, but I wonder, Tara, could you, could you briefly tell me about, you know, what is the youth peace and security agenda and why is it so important? This is a great question because funnily enough, I was actually, before I was ever a UN delegate, I was involved in the European consultation on youth peace and security, um, the sort of early stages of, of the, the resolution. Um, so the youth peace and security agenda comes from UN Security Council Resolution 2250 on youth peace and security, which is to really um, include um, the perspectives of young people in international and domestic peace building. So each, each member state can kind of create their own national action plan you know, on youth peace and security, uh, it's quite similar to the women peace and security agenda, basically to include more diverse perspectives in peace building, um, because it's shown that having more diverse perspectives, whether it be women or have young people or LGBTQ people or minority groups involved in peace building can kind of create a stronger, more durable peace going into the future. And I think in Ireland, given the immediacy that the, mo the how close um, in our history, conflict actually is being from Belfast is something that I know <laughs> very well. Um, I think that's a really interesting area of opportunity for Ireland in particular. Um, it is the the youth peace and security agenda is not as well developed as women peace and security simply because it's not as old. Um, the youth peace and security agenda only came into being in twenty fifteen, I think. So we're only six or seven years down the line. Um, but I think there's only a couple of countries in the world. Finland is definitely a leader in uh, implementing new peace and security domestically. And I think as a member of the Security Council, um, given Ireland's progressive track record, given the fact that colonized role exists and how Ireland has consistently tried to promote the voices of young people um, in the highest level of government, I think it's a really interesting area of opportunity for Ireland to show leadership on the Security Council, um, that a small state such as Ireland could really make a big leap forward in driving a progressive peace building agenda um, and particularly because the, the most recent conflict in Ireland on the island of Ireland was, was the Troubles and it is such an internationally known conflict and the Good Friday Agreement is a very, it's seen as a real uh, shining light of peace building and what can be achieved and if Ireland kind of mobilises and harnesses the reputation that it has for being involved in, in driving peace building agendas, I think it's a really great opportunity for Ireland to, to push that agenda even more and to kind of be a leading light on these peace and security. That's brilliant, Tara. Thanks so much. Really, really interesting. Um, Con, uh, you, you mentioned that um, Ireland is taking up its role as Security Council president in September. Um, obviously, this is really important for Irish foreign policy, but also for young people trying to affect policy on the Security Council. Um, what would you say are the, the most important issues, maybe the, the top three most important issues for, for young people uh, at the UN right now? And, and, and why is that so? Uh, it's a really tough uh, question to answer. I think, especially like linking it back to the Security Council's work, like so much of that is based in conflict in, you know, Africa and like I think two thirds of their agenda is based in countries like Ethiopia and, you know, Sudan and stuff. So um, it's really hard to prioritize issues that like young people are talking about in the longer term or in a more general sense. But I suppose for Irish young people, what we've heard from our consultations would be um, obviously uh, 
like the mental health crisis we have domestically is hugely significant and I think like action is being done on an international level at the UN and stuff but we definitely uh, love to see more of that um you know climate climate justice climate action all that kind of um, right to a healthy environment and stuff is uh, top of the agenda for young people and I think we've been really struck by the climate activists we've met this year like we worked quite closely with Fridays for Future and you know different other groups um domestically and you know we're organizing an event here in Brussels uh, for the high level political forum on climate justice and we're having Mary Robinson speak at that so I think Ireland does have a good voice uh, in that debate and uh, we're myself and Grace are really hoping that Ireland will partner up with some small island um, states you know and you know work with like indigenous people and stuff um who are at risk of like rising sea levels and stuff and actually you know deliver on those sustainable development goals and deliver on the Paris Agreement and you know COP26 is coming up as well so we want to really push for like ambitious targets and uh, stuff there and then I think there's so many other issues but like for Irish people I think like housing you know um right to housing uh, all that kind of stuff uh employment opportunities <laughs> it's very very bad but uh, we try to try our best to reflect what young people are calling for and we're definitely aware that young people aren't a homogenous group as well so we're trying to keep it balanced Brilliant. No, it sounds like you've got a, a huge amount on your plate and um, I think you're both doing a, an excellent job at it. Um, I think we've, we've almost come to the end of the, of the interview, but I just had one, one last question uh, for both of you. And I, I might start with, with yourself, Tara, and then Con, you can come in, come in afterwards. Um, so you've had a, a massive, an enormous amount of experience um, over the past year as, as Ireland's youth delegates. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in becoming the future our, uh, UN Youth Delegate for Ireland? Um, Tara, do you, want, do you want to come in first on that? Um, <laughs> I suppose the, it may sound a very basic answer. Apply, just go for it. Um, and I will share why that is the answer for me. I had applied before um a lot of years ago and I wasn't eligible to because of where I'm from <laughs> um I had applied and being from the north it wasn't something I could do and this year I applied again and that, that barrier was broken and we've had a very diverse track record of youth delegates from all walks of life and everyone has very different sets of experiences there is no cookie cutter mold of what makes a youth delegate there's no tick list they're looking for they're just looking for who has enough drive who has enough passion for it, who they think would be able to work well together. And you just never know. It could be your year. <laughs> it could be the year where the things that you're passionate about are the intersects with Ireland's interests overseas. And it could just be the best time for you. And even if you don't become the youth delegate, getting involved in things like the National Youth Council of Ireland and, and working with us, you know, we don't work in a vacuum. We work with hundreds of young people across the island of Ireland who inform us and give us our agenda going forward. Um, so even if you don't become the youth delegate, you could be one of the people that we're having to go to to ask them, okay, what are we gonna talk about when we're over in, well, virtually in New York? <laughs> so I, my, my big thing is just go for it. it. It could be your year and yeah, everyone has their own strengths to bring to it. So don't change yourself, just go for it and see how you get on. That's really good advice, I think, uh, Tara. Um, Con, do you have anything, anything to add on that um, for Ireland's future youth delegates who may be watching this uh, interview today? For sure. Uh, 
just to echo a lot of what Clara Grace said, I think really uh, trust in your own voice. Like I think everyone has a unique experience and you know, all they're looking for is that you like have a track record of listening to young people's concerns and that you have like a willingness to act on them. And I think one thing kind of looking back at myself that I'd give myself advice about would be like, you know, politicians and decision makers do have a lot to gain from listening to you as well. Like you can kind of go into these discussions thinking, you know, oh, if they're just, uh, you know, not really interested, but like we do, uh, young people are like active uh, change makers in their communities. They are like pushing the way for change in the UN and like, you know, in Black Lives Matter, Fridays for Future, all these kind of campaigns, young people are at the forefront of those kind of um, actions. So uh, the political kind of machine is kind of catching up slowly, I think so. And I think I also just say, try to enjoy it. Like it can be kind of daunting to have the weight of 1.3 million um, voices on your shoulders, but uh, yeah, it's like, it's a great opportunity. Uh, I'd highly recommend it to anyone. And it's been such a privilege to work with Tara Grace. She's honestly such an inspiration. And I'm, uh, really proud to represent our country we've got a lot to be uh, proud of so yeah that's brilliant that's really really interesting con thanks so much and i think you're both doing a fantastic job at it um i'd encourage anyone to apply um having having spent some some time in new york myself in the mission i i can't speak highly enough of it um so with that uh, i think we've come to the end of, of today's interview um i'd just like to thank uh, tara and con for their engagement and their their fascinating insights I've certainly learned loads and I hope that those watching um, learn something new about the important work that they're doing um, for Ireland at the UN. Um, if you would like to learn more about the Global Europe Project, um, please feel free to check out our website and our social media channels. Um, so I think all that remains for me to say is uh, thank you to Tara and Grace again um, and goodbye. This interview series is brought to you by the IIEA as part of our Global Europe project.